This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. on the Mount of Transfiguration when he was there with Moses and Elijah. I saw Jesus when he walked on water. I saw Jesus perform all these miracles, feeding the thousands. But why didn't he stop himself, prevent himself from going to the cross? Why did he allow himself to die on the cross? And there's one thing that John understood. It was the love of Jesus Christ. That is the love that Jesus tells us we are to love one another. The disciple John saw Jesus do many miraculous things, such as walking on water and feeding thousands. But as Pastor Eddie will share with you in today's message, at first, John asked the question, why did Jesus allow himself to go to the cross? And as John eventually came to understand, it was because of love. Jesus didn't carry the cross of Calvary and say, okay, this is how much I love you, and leave. No, Jesus died a horrific death to show his love for you. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Romans, chapter 13, with today's edition of Running the Race. Now, wait a minute, just in case if somebody want to find a loophole here and say, well, I don't love myself. So that mean I have to love? No, oh yeah, you love yourself. You may not like the way you look in the morning when you look in the mirror, but you love yourself. When you're hungry, do you not feed yourself? When you need to bathe, I hope you do. You bathe yourself, right? So you care for yourself. You, you, you care if there's shelter over your head. You care that when you're tired, you rest. So you do love yourself to the point you care for yourself so you're not out of the loop. Even if that was the case, that you were just one of those people, you know, I don't know. But still, the commandment is to love. Love. Now, if you remember the time when Jesus was, was questioned by a lawyer who was a Pharisee, Jesus, prior to this incident in Matthew chapter 22, was, you know, kind of really, you know, you know, silenced the Sadducees. Why? Because they were sad, you see. I had to say that. They were sad, you see. But anyway, but the Pharisees, it says in Matthew chapter 22, verses 35 to 40, he said, but when the Pharisee heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Now, Everyone that was a Jew in those days went to rabbinical school and, you know, especially these rabbis and Sadducees and and all the Pharisees and the Sanhedrin council, all of them went to rabbinical school and they had to learn the commandments. All of them. But they tried to question Jesus. What is the greatest commandment? Because see, all they care about was knowing. All they care about is to, yeah, to be a scholar, but not a believer. So they want to question Jesus, and I'm glad they did. Jesus said in verse 37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. 
This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is like it. It's identical. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. And so Jesus is quoting two Old Testament passages. We already saw one. We already read one in Leviticus 19, 18, to love your neighbor as yourself. But he also quoted Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, and that's to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Love the Lord your God. And what Jesus is saying, out of all that they were expecting, they probably would talk amongst each other. They say, he's probably going to say, oh, you know, you should not steal. You should not murder. Or you shouldn't eat bats. Really, that's a commandment. That's why I threw that in. You couldn't eat unclean birds. No, Jesus had the answer. Because upon these two commandments, the entire law and, and all the demands of the prophet are based on these two commandments. If we love God, if we love our neighbor as ourselves, then we fulfill the commandments. It wouldn't be a problem. It wouldn't be a problem. Paul tells the church of Galatia in Galatians chapter 5, verse 14. He says, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. He fulfills it in one word, though he gives us a sentence. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. It's one word, love. Sometimes we get all caught up of what we could do, what we shouldn't do, about rules and regulations, about uh, legalism and, you know, freedom and, and all these things about theology, methodologies, and we get all caught up in this and we don't understand that it's all about love. It's all about love. Everything about God from Genesis to Revelation is about love. Yes, in Genesis, he created man because he loved man. He desired fellowship with man. It was because of his love and grace that he created man there in the garden. And we go all the way to the very end, and there is deliverance. We will be with him forever as he originally planned. It's all about love. Everything about Jesus, as though many want to focus on the material and the miracles, everything about Jesus is about love. And this is why I could relate with John. When John wrote the gospel of John, there the apostle John, his disciple, looks at Jesus' face. And as he looks at Jesus' face, as he hangs on the cross, blood coming through his face, on his brow, the the flesh of his body was poured out. He says, and he stares there and look, as all the other disciples have scattered all about, he stands there and he says, the one whom Jesus loved, and he identifies himself as he looks at Jesus, I do not understand why he loves me. I know who he is. I saw him. He is the son of God. I saw him heal the sick, raise the dead. I saw Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration when he was there with Moses and Elijah. I saw Jesus when he walked on water. I saw Jesus perform all these miracles, feeding the thousands. But why didn't he stop himself or invent himself from going to the cross? Why did he allow himself to die on the cross? And there's one thing that John understood. It was the love of Jesus Christ. That is the love that Jesus tells us We are to love one another. If you could only picture yourself and put your place in John's place in front of the cross of Calvary and to think the thoughts that he thought, don't know. Feel the things that he feels and see what he sees as he sees his Savior who has all the power in the world to take himself off the cross. 
If you were in his place, how would you describe that love? How would that love penetrate your soul? How would it penetrate your heart? How would it control your mind? How would it just fill your life and consumes you? How would you describe that love? It's undescribable. It's a love that you and I would never, ever, ever, ever completely understand. But that's the love that we owe to one another. That is the love that we owe to one another. And if we have that love towards one another, amazing things would happen in your life. There are people in your life, whether they're close to you, whether they're distant, whether they're related or not, whether they're friends or enemies, regardless of where they are in your life, that we have only extended a certain amount of love. It's not even agape. It's a like love. Can I tell you, saints? Pray that God will help you to love everyone the same, to love all when agape love never ending. That is my prayer. That is my prayer. We know we're not to hate anyone, even our enemies. We're to even love our enemies and pray for them. But there are people that we have cut short because we felt we, or we feel that we're only to love them a certain amount. If you would kind of list everyone you know and just you know, get a photographic image of everyone you know, your neighbors, whether you know them well or not, or the people you know you love, and how much love we're to love all with agape love. This is a new commandment that Jesus has given us. A commandment that Jesus himself said in John chapter 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's easy for us. We gave our lives to Jesus. We are born again. We've been saved from eternal damnation. We have eternal life in Christ in heaven. It's easy for us to love God, but we don't, we have a problem loving one another. We have a problem loving one another. First John chapter 4, verses 20 to 21, Paul writes in his epistle, he writes, If someone says, I love God and hate his brother, he is a liar. My parents always say, don't call anybody a liar. This, this is bold. But John writes, And says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? You see, all that we can do, we we put enough, we put faith in God. We have not seen him. We didn't see him on the cross, but every single one of us knew that he died on the cross. We did not see the empty tomb, but every single one of us believed that he, he left the tomb and the tomb was empty. We weren't there when he says, I go prepare a place for you, but we know he's preparing a place for us. We have faith for something we have not seen, and that is believed, and we have put love in something we have not seen. But our brothers and sisters who stand before our eyes, that we know, we know their name, we do not love who we do see, which is in the image of God. That is why we shouldn't take a life. That is why we shouldn't curse anyone, because every one of us is created out of the image of God. And he says in verse 21, 
And this commandment we have from him, Jesus Christ, that he who loves God must love his brother also. It's a love that we to have towards one another. Saints, free yourself from all obligations, from anyone. Even if you have a problem, you know, the Bible says, you know, if you have gifts, you want to glorify God and your gifts, you all have a calling. We all have gifts and we are part of the body of Christ and we serve in these ministries and all these gifts. Jesus says, if you have a problem with your brother or your brother has a problem with you, leave your gifts at the altar. It's not to say to give up your gift, but you're going to come back. But before you come and worship me with your gifts and your talents, go reconcile with your brother. And then come back. It's sad that we are willing to worship God. But deep in our hearts, on the back of our heads, we have something with someone. Oh, yeah, I love them. But do you love them enough to receive that person as your brother and sister? Do you love that person enough that you treat them as your brother and sister? I love, but I don't have to. No, think about that. Think about that. Now there's some, I know this, you know, Paul even says it, if at all possible, remember we read that in chapter 12, if at all possible, try to create peace. But there are some people that they can resolve and they don't. How can we love God if we don't, if we don't love our neighbors who we do see every day? Now, Paul is going to quote five commandments, particularly uh, the, the commandments that are towards our neighbors. Because when we look at the Ten Commandments, they're, of course, 613. We look at the Ten Commandments. You know, we've been through this uh, several times before. You know, the first set of commandments, it's towards God, so it's vertical. And the second set of commandments are towards your fellow man, so they're horizontal. And so he's going to give us five that has to deal horizontally with the friend because he's talking to Christians about brothers and sisters in Christ because the church in Rome are believers. No doubt they love Jesus. No doubt they, uh, you know, they, they are saved, but the problem is love for one another. And so he lists some of these things, he, some of these commandments to point out. When we insert in all these commandments love, the commandment of love, we'll see the difference. Let's look at the first one, verse 9. Romans chapter 13, verse 9. He says, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery. First commandment. With the commandment of love that goes over that, you know, we are to, you know, be faithful with our bodies to keep it pure, be first to God. In other words, we are to abstain from sexual immorality, abstain from sex outside of marriage. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you're not married. You shouldn't have intercourses with another. Before God, that's a sin. Justify it as you want. You tell that to God. It's a sin. If you are married... The commandment of love. Husband, love your wives. You want to look at another man's wife. And you won't try to have a relationship with another man's wife and destroy that marriage and destroy that sacred home. The same thing, wives. Love your husbands. Do not commit adultery with another woman's husband. And so with the commandment of love, you know, when there is love, love, you know, we love one another Love does not exploit another person's body. The next commandment he brings, he says, you shall not murder. If we love our neighbor, the commandment of love, we will not want to murder our neighbor. 
we uphold life. Love doesn't take another life. It shouldn't even cross our mind, even be in our hearts. So the commandment of love. The next commandment, you shall not steal. With the commandment of love, one does not steal another person's property. Or even if you don't know what property belongs to. Or even if the property is, belongs to a big corporation and it's just a box of paper clips, you're stealing. It doesn't belong to you. You didn't pay for it. One thing my father always taught me, being raised in the Bronx, there are a lot of salesmen in the Bronx. They sell things that they stole. And one time I bought something. I was about 13 years old. My father, he gave me a beatdown. And he said, you know, somebody worked hard for that, that very thing you purchased. Somebody worked hard, and he made money off of that, and you just bought it for five bucks. I thought it was a good deal, but it belonged to someone else. And one thing I learned from my old man, if it's in my house, it's paid for. Pirate videos, hello. That's big in the city. You, the movie's out that day. Somebody's selling in the corner, DVD. That's illegal. Stealing. I mean, the irony that, you know, Hollywood is telling you not to steal from them, but they make movie about stealing. Figure it out yourself. It makes sense to them, but you make sure you do what's right. Thou shalt not steal. The next commandment, you shall not bear false witness. With the commandment of love, one does not lie about another to another. Thou shalt not lie. The, the commandment, you shall not covet. With the love commandment, love does not entertain wrong desires of another person's possession. Don't covet. Love is what? Not only covering someone else, but love is also being content of what you have. And so all these commandments, he, he, he mentions uh, just a few, and he said, if there is any other, meaning, listen, I don't have time, but let's, all the others... If there are any others, yes, there are. You only mentioned five, 608 to go. Yes, if there are any other commandments are all summed up in this saying, he says, in verse 9, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That is the commandment. All summed up in this one word, in this one phrase, this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. You know, we sometimes get caught up. Okay, let's look at the laws. Yeah, if you got time for 613, you know, you let me know. You know, love. Don't have to even go there. You don't have to memorize it. You don't have to worry about whether you fulfilled it or you broke it or not. You, all you need to worry about is one thing. And, you know, doesn't the cross make it so easy? Can you imagine, you know, before Christ... You know, trying to live up with all those laws and, and all those commandments and make sure you don't break those commandments. Oh, we thank God, Jesus. Jesus came in the picture. He said, listen, I fulfill the law. Just love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and love your neighbor as yourself and you and I will be okay. You see, Christianity is not that hard. Yeah, you have your spiritual warfare, but it's not that difficult. Verse 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Is the fulfillment of the law. Do you know that feeling, saints, when, uh, I don't know if you've been there early in, in, in my marriage, and, and as we started a family, you know, we, things were tough. We lived check by check, trying to, you know, family and all. And, and you know, you ever, 
toss and turn because when there's a bill that has to be paid. Bill that has to be paid. You toss and turn, you toss, it has, just hangs over your head. Can we transfer that same feeling into knowing that we're in debt to love one another? I don't love my brother enough. That should be hanging over your head. Get on your knees, pray for repentance, and learn how to love. I don't love my sister enough. There's something between us. And you know yourself, and I know it's hard to sleep because you have that. Reconcile. Leave your gifts at the altar. Everything you do, you start reconcile into fulfillment. Saints, that's the feeling we you had. We have a debt, a debt that's to never be paid off, will never be paid off. And so that debt, we owe no one anything. Set yourself free from all obligations, but love one another. Now, we finished the first part. Now we're going to look at the second thing we want to look at. The first part dealing with the commandments of love, verses 8 through 10. The second thing we want to look at is putting on Christ. Uh, What do we do with that love? Is living in love. Let's look at verse 11. He writes, And do this knowing the time that now is high time to awake out of sleep. In other words, we should be aware of the times we're living in. We should know the season. We should know the times we're living in. And listen, we're just one day closer to the return of Christ every day. You turn on the news and you find out what's going on in the world. Some of us are so immune to it, we don't even realize. It gets worse and worse and worse. And we say, oh, it's the same as it was last year. Absolutely not. It's not. Stop watching news for about a year and go back to it and tell me you're going to see it's the same. No. It's like that experiment when they put a frog into a kennel of water and, okay, it's nice and cold. You keep turning it hot. It doesn't realize it's bo- until it boils and it's too late. It's dead. It don't realize the temperature and the surrounding. And, you know, it's the same thing. We're, we're just so immune to it. It's nothing. 9-11. Never forget. We forgot. And you see all that's going on in this world. But he's saying to, the, to us believers, to the church, listen, know the times you're living in. He's saying this 2,000 years ago. This is still applied to us today because he's inspired by the Holy Spirit. And yes, he wrote it, but it's inspired by the Holy Spirit for us today. And we need to wake up. It's getting late. We're running out of time. Let us wake up. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 6 to 7, he writes, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night. We're not children of the night. We shouldn't be sleeping. Oh, yes, we're wide awake, and we're knowing that we're believers in Christ. We're saved by grace, and we're worshiping, and we're doing. But many of us are living lives as if Christ is not returning. Romans 5.8 shares, But God demonstrates His own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This incredible truth applies to us even today. We didn't do anything to warrant God's acceptance and love of us. He saw us while we were still sinners and loved us despite that. No matter who you are or what you've done, Jesus still died for you, and He still offers you new life. If you're ready to learn more about Jesus, we'd like to encourage you to find a local church family that you can be a part of. The believers you'll encounter there will help you grow in your faith and offer you support in every situation. 
If you're in the New York, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania area, we'd love to have you come join us in person here at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and directions, visit runningtheraceradio.com. If you'd like to listen again to today's message, Tracy has information on where to find it. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy, and thank you for tuning in today for another edition of Running the Race.